Proverbs that they're promises. But that's not true. They are wise sayings and a wise way to live, and you probably can see the outcome of things. But they're not direct promises. I'll give you an example. I've had many people come to me about Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. They'll be like, Pastor, I trained my child for the Lord. I had them in church. I put them in a Christian school. I did all these things for my children, and they, don't, they aren't in church at all. That verse isn't right. If I train, it's not true. It's not a complete promise because everyone has a free will. And with that being said, what the Bible's saying is the best way you should train your child in the way they should go. And they're going to have a lot better chance of turning out right because you trained them the right way. But it's not a guarantee. And sometimes we look at Proverbs instead of being wise sayings like they are, we look at them as straight promises. Now, the Bible makes promises. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is a promise. But the book of Proverbs, you've got to look at it a little bit differently. They are wise sayings and the best way to live life. Proverbs 3, verse number 1. The Bible says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. You know, like, look right there. So, forget not my law, let thine heart keep my commandments. I've known many great Christians die at a young age. Do you, do you, can you think of a good Christian that's died at a young age? I think there's a, all of us can well, if you look at this, you're going to get length of days and a long life if you don't forget the law and you keep God's commandments, right? Isn't that what you see right there? That's not saying that. But in what it is saying is, if you don't forget God's law and you keep his commandments, it could help you live a long life. It could. So don't bank on a complete promise. Just look at the principles that are here. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Father, I pray you'd bless the next few minutes that we have this morning. I pray that you guide us and help us. We love you. We need you. We praise you for this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we look at this upcoming year, and we are only, we're not even 12 hours into 2023. And maybe you made a few foolish decisions last night already. It's not too late to wisen up and to make wise decisions for this year. I'm going to give you four that I find in this passage of Scripture. Number one, this morning, we need to trust God with everything we have. A wise decision for 2023 is to trust God with everything that we have. We look at this verse, verse number five, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding. The word trust in the Hebrew, it means be confident or sure. Be bold. This is an interesting. Careless. Confident. Hope. Trust. 
When you think of trust, you don't think of being careless. Because when you're careless with something, that's not a good thing, right? You need to be careful. But literally, we see the word careless here. How could you apply careless to trusting? Christians who put their trust in the Lord will appear to others as being careless. Like, don't you care? I do care, but I'm trusting in the Lord. That's why it says be careful for nothing. So it's an interesting twist on there. And the world might look at you as being careless, but in all reality, as a believer and as a child of God, we need to trust God. We need to trust Him today. Our society does not trust in God. You know, you look at our money. What does it say on the back? In God we trust. That's a lie. That's a straight-up lie. Now, there, I think there was a time where that was the case. But who do people trust today? The government with money, it seems like, and that's foolish. I'm just waiting for another bailout. Who can, bailout, who can I put in office that's going to give me more money? We don't trust God. But our money says we trust God. We as the people of God, a wise decision for 2023 is to trust God. Our assurance and who we trust must be in God and in God alone. When we say God and then we add ourselves or add someone else, it doesn't work that way. You see, when we stop to think about it, trust has two applications. The first one is this. The first one, letter A, is faith. Trusting in God will require faith in God. As we look at this, the Bible says here that we're supposed to do this, first of all, number one, with all of our heart. That removes, the, that removes your own capability from the matter. It means you cannot trust in yourself. You need to trust God with everything that you have. And this is the thing at times. We think that we can do better. We think that we can make good decisions, that we can do this, we can do that. And verse 7 says, be not wise in your own eyes. Don't get thinking about yourself too much. Put your trust in the Lord and trust Him with all of your heart. And that, what that means is that whatever the outcome is, you're accepting and trusting God's will in the situation. That means you trust God more than you trust your retirement plan. You trust God more than your employer. You trust God more than that family member. That's easy to say. That's hard living. Why did, I, why did this happen at work? Why does my boss treat me this way? Well, if you're not being the worker you should, I would start off by doing what you should do. I had someone a while back, they were complaining to me about their job and they never go to work. How can you complain about a job that you never go to? It makes no sense to me. Go to work, be the best employee you can be. But there are going to be times that your employer is not very nice. Are you trusting them or are you trusting God? Why do you do what you do? We should do all that we do for God and His glory, right? When we look at this, we need to trust Him with all of our heart. And then we see number two about this thing of faith. Lean not into thine own understanding. And uh, do you mind if I borrow this for a minute? I will bring it back, I promise, okay? I bring it back. To lean into your own understanding means to put weight on something. Don't lean 
on yourself. You want to talk about falling down? You know, if I have to use one, and someday there might be a day where I need to use one of these. I almost tripped up the stairs this morning. I don't know how I did that. But anyways, I, I did. I literally I almost face-planted there. And then I would have, uh, the, you know, that stuff, that sandpaper is supposed to be good, right? It's supposed to help you not, but I, my foot, and then I almost. Anyways, if I have to use one of these someday, and I might, I don't want a little twig from the tree that's going to break when I put weight on it. I want something that I can put my weight on. If you trust in yourself and you put your weight on yourself, you're going to fall. You're going to fall down. But you can trust God today that when you're going through it and you need someone to lean on, you can lean on the everlasting arms and you'll be okay. Trust in the Lord. Let's see if I can close this thing back up and put it back where it's supposed to be. And if I broke it in any way, Caroline will pay for it, okay? Caroline will pay for it if I broke it. So she'll take care of it. She'll take care of it. Lean not into thine own understanding. Who are you relying on? Who are you leaning on as life gets tough? Hey, this year, let me tell you something. It's a new year. You might think, oh, this year is going to be the year of blessing and the year, you don't know that. Your biggest struggles could happen this year. The worst day of your life could happen this year. The best day of your life could happen this year. Who are you leaning on? Your own understanding? Because this is the thing, when life happens, our minds go all over the place. You cannot trust your mind when it comes to problems in life. That's why you can't lean on it. And I tell people often, and a lot of you in this room have heard me make this statement to you. going on in your life right now, don't make big decisions right now. Don't do it. Don't, uh, don't listen to that. Just, just wait. Trust God. Lean on Him. Trust God with everything you have. You see, trust has two applications. That of faith, and then number two, or letter B, that of confidence. Confidence. Trusting God will require confidence. Yesterday I watched those two college football, the playoff games. And it was actually, for me, it was actually nice to be able to sit there and not care who won. Because I'm a USC fan in college football, and so when my team plays, I'm on the edge of my seat and I want them to win. Yesterday, I don't care about Michigan. I don't care about Ohio State or TCU or Georgia. I didn't care about any of them. I liked watching the game. My niece is a Michigan fan. Why she's a Michigan fan, I don't have a clue. She just needs to get saved and right with God, but she's a Michigan fan. And so she's like on the edge of her seat, and I could care. I was just sitting there enjoying the game. I didn't care. Every call, she's like, oh, that's a bad call. I'm like, well, if it was my team, I would say it was a bad call. But if it was against my team, I would be like, oh, that's fine. I didn't have any worries there. In the Ohio State-Georgia game last night, Georgia scored, and there was one a minute 12 left in the game. Ohio State got the ball. They were down by one point. Ohio State drove the ball to about the 38-yard line somewhere in there with 40 seconds left. First down and 10, 40-yard line, one timeout left at the, about the 38-yard line. From there, it was going to be a 49, 50-yard field goal. My thought, and I'm not a coach or anything, but my thought is 
and what they did is the next three plays, they did not, they settled and stayed right there. They didn't move. I don't want my kicker, if I'm a coach, kicking from 50 yards away. I want them to kick from 20. Or I'd rather just run the ball in the end zone. And I know you say, well, what, they fumble it? I get all those things. But they, and this is what they talked about on the TV, their coach has big confidence in their kicker. He's a senior. He's hit most of his kicks all year long for Ohio State. So they wasted the clock to eight seconds left. The kicker comes out. This is his moment. He makes this kick. They're in the national championship game. The kicker's there. And I'll just say this. If I were to play football, the one job I would not want is to be a field goal kicker. You don't want to be going out there having to make the kick at the very end. You don't really get to warm up. That's the one job I would not want. So he goes out there, and he looks confident. And here he goes. The ball's there. He kicks, and as soon as it leaves his foot, went way to the left. They were very confident in that kicker, and he let the whole team down. It's kind of foolish to trust people. But I'll tell you this. When you're down by one, and there's eight seconds to go, and you've got God, he's going to make the kick every time. You can be confident that God will do what he says he will do. When we talk about confidence, we see number one underneath that. We see that we need to have confidence that God can do what he promises. And the Bible says that in 1 John 5, 14. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that we have, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Not only should we be confident that God can do what he promises, number two, we can be confident that God will give what we need. The Bible tells us in 1 John 5, 15, and if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. And may I just remind you this morning that you can have confidence today in God. He wants us to trust him and be confident that he can do. That's why when we don't trust him, it's like telling God, I just don't think you can do it. And that's a bad way to live. But we all do it so often. The Bible tells us here, and as we see, number one, what can we do in the year 2023? Some wise decisions. We can trust God with everything that we have. Number two, number two, consider the Lord in all the areas of your life. Verse number six, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. In all thy ways acknowledge him. The word ways there, it means a course of life, mode of action, conversation, custom, or manner. In every way, acknowledge God. I've had many people come to me through the years, and I remember just recently someone came to me. Like, Pastor, I got a job offer in another state, and I'm probably going to take it. Okay. I asked this question. Have you prayed about it? Well, no. Not a good way to live. I've had many come to me, Pastor, I gotta make, I'm going to make this decision on this. And my question always is, have you prayed? And it's funny, because it's like sometimes I think people come to me, and they want like my blessing on something. Do you realize my blessing on anything means nothing? I don't know the future. I don't know if it's a good thing or not. And every time, because I, I don't know why people do it, but they do it. They're like, and my question every time is, have you prayed about it? you take the time to consider God 
and ask him before you just make a decision. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. You know, I have on my phone, I've got, you know, we got GPS, right? And I'm one of those, I hate having a voice telling me, turn right. In 500 feet, turn left. Slow down. I'm like, shut up. Anyways, I just don't like it. And some of you, you might like that. And I, and I did this. First of all, there was a woman's voice telling me it. And then most of the ladies in my life don't know a, their sense of direction at all. And that's okay. And so I changed it to a man's voice on there. And it was ju- I just don't like hearing someone telling me where to go. And you say, Pastor, that's pride. It probably is. It's pride in my life. As a kid, I had one of those Thomas guides. I literally can almost go anywhere and know where I'm going. And if I get close enough in that, then I might look at it. I look at my maps for traffic. That's it. I'm going to go the least way of traffic. I like people telling me where to go. But life is different. I really would love for the Lord to go before me each step of the way and say, Hey, Brian, go that way. And go over here. Um, I don't like that. I'm going to close that door. I want you to go this way. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Twelve years ago, I knew God called me to pastor. I had no doubt. I knew for sure that God called me to do it. And I knew that God called me to Southern California. I grew up in Southern California. I'm a Southern California boy. I might not act like it, but I am. And I, lo- I love the state of California, not the politics or a lot of that stuff, but why not help the cause in this state? And that's where I felt God's call in my life. So, I'm going to start a church. Where do you go? Some of you are like, I'm not going to shake your hand after church. That's why I did that right then. With that one, too. Um, where do you go? I really thought I was going to go towards Redlands. I thought Redlands was going to be the city I went to. In fact, I prayed up and down the streets of Redlands for weeks. Had a few places maybe to meet for church. But do you know what I did the entire time? Lord, and this is, this is me. I'm a very stubborn man. And there are stubborn women, stubborn men. It doesn't matter. We're st- I'm stubborn. And, it, and I literally need something to like smack me upside the head to get my direction. So my prayer to God always is with things. If you want me to do this, open the door so wide I know I'm supposed to do it. If I'm not supposed to do it, smack me with the door, shut it in front of me, let me know I shouldn't do it. That's always my prayer. And I, just as I was walking the streets of Redlands, I was just praying, God, send me somewhere. I want to be where you want me to be. I'm asking you, send me where I need to be. Chino was never on the radar. As a kid, we'd come to Chino for two things, okay? Number one, and technically it wasn't even Chino. My parents loved Fedco. And if you know what Fedco is, I don't know why they loved it so much. Like someone said, it's kind of like Costco. No, Costco's way better than Fedco was. I would say Fedco and Walmart were almost similar in a way. But whatever, they loved going to Fedco. And we would drive up the 15, and before there was anything in Eastvale there, it was just cows. And my parents would say this, they'd be like, we're getting close to Chino, you can smell it. That was my knowing of Chino. And the one other thing I knew about Chino was my mom was a Christmas light and still is a Christmas light fanatic. She loves lights. So we would come to Chino off of Euclid, 
north of Walnut right there, we would drive those streets right there as a kid. It's the only two times a year. We, and they probably went to Fedco like four or five times a year. Anyways, that's the only time I knew anything about Chino. I read in, on Craigslist that this church had a building open. Their property opened on Sundays. Where the Food for Life building is, it was four doors down on Cheyenne Way there. And they met on Saturday nights, not Sundays. But they weren't Seventh-day Adventists. They just liked it, and so they did, and they wanted a church to use it on Sundays. So I just went over there, and I went in, looked at it. It had everything. It had all the chairs. It had everything you needed for a church service. And they're like, dollars a month. If you give us $2,200, you can meet here. I'm cleaning carpets, living at my parents' house. Yeah, 2200 bucks. So this is what I did. I wish I could say I was being spiritual. I was not being spiritual. I was kind of being sarcastic. I looked up to this guy. Okay, you want me in Chino? Get me the money. That was a Wednesday afternoon. That Wednesday night, went to church. And at church, a man at church, he came up to me and said, Hey, the Lord laid on my heart for your church. I'm like, that's cool, but that's not 2200 bucks. That's 1000 bucks. And then the next day, a youth group up in Washington called and said they had $1,200 they were sending me. Within a day, $2,200, exactly the amount I needed to start a church in Chino. And does God always show things that clear? Not always. But I will tell you this, I sought him so much, I know he showed me what I needed to do. And I would just encourage you in this year, in all your ways, in all that you acknowledge, him. Let him guide you and help you. Make him a part of your life. Let him, just let him in on your life. You know, you say, well, Lord, should I wear red today or purple? I don't think you got to do that. If you want to, you can ask him that, but that, well, you know, whatever. Lord, show me which one. I don't know that it's going to get that. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. Ask his opinion. Seek him. Trust him with all of your heart. Don't lean into your own understanding. And then as you do that, acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your paths. What does the next say? Third thing today. We see that we don't need to overestimate our own ability. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. You know, there's something that happens. And and I'm getting, I'm getting older now, and not as old as most of you in this room, but I'm getting older. And when I was, Anthony, I'm just going to pick on you because you're, you're about that age, and there might be a few others, but you're 17, right? He'll be 18 before long. And what most 17, 18, 19-year-olds think is they've got everything figured out, and they know what's going on in life. That's just what they think. And, and Anthony's probably different than that because he's a sharp kid, and he goes to the Christian school, and I just, I've known this kid since he was five years old. And so he's been, he, my second week of pastoring, his mom and him came to our church. And they've been ever since the second week of pastoring. And so I've known Anthony for, it seems like forever. But everyone gets, and, and maybe you were different, but mostly when you get to a certain age, you think you got life figured out. Anthony, you're graduating high school this year. I'm, this, this May, June will be 20 years since I graduated high school. You know, one thing I figured out, I know way less today than what I thought I knew 20 years ago. And I imagine that as I get older, I'm going to realize I know even less than what I thought I knew. 
But that's what happens. We think we get have things, I can handle this myself. And the Bible says, no, you can't. Trust God in all your ways, acknowledge him. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Look to the Lord. And look what verse 8 says. Look at what it says here. It'll be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. It helps your health. You say, well, what do you mean? I'm going to give you a good example. I'm going to talk about an area that I struggle in. And you say, why are you talking about an area you struggle in? Because I'm not talking, maybe you struggle with the same area. But you, we all struggle with things. So areas I struggle with in life, being anxious about things. How many of you, be honest this morning, say you get anxious about things? Hands up higher. Don't hold them down low. Shane, we're on the same team. I'm right there with you. And you're probably worse than me. No, I'm probably worse than you. So let's put this to the test, okay? So the Bible says that we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart, lean not to thine own understanding, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Do you know worrying or being anxious about something changes nothing? But it sure makes me feel like I'm doing something. But what is trust? If we trust God, it says, God, I trust you, and this is my anxiety and my worry. God, I trust you with my worry. Here it is. I love those verses in uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I love when I can take a situation that I'm anxious about and say, God, it's yours. I feel so good for five minutes. And then I go back and I'm like, but I'm just worried about it. I give it to God and I trust him, but then I take it back. Because I don't really trust him. Because if I trusted him, I wouldn't worry. What does worry and anxiety do to your health? Your blood pressure? Gray hair, there you go. Gray hair, your blood pressure, it can mess with your health. Am I wrong on that statement? So when you can trust God and acknowledge him in all your ways and put yourself down a little bit and not overestimate your own abilities, it's better for your health. Is that a wrong statement? I don't think that is. I think it's true. So in the new year, what can we do? We can trust God with all of our hearts. We can acknowledge him in all of our ways. We cannot overestimate our own abilities. And number four, we can be a good steward of all that we have. Verse number nine says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Hey, are we being a good steward of the things that God's given to us? Are you honoring him with your substance? Are you honoring him with the first fruits of your increase? There's a lot that could be said down that line this morning. But what I see is we need to trust him, acknowledge him in all of our ways, don't overestimate ourselves, and be a good steward of what God's given to us. And this is what I know people say, Pastor, this is Old Testament. If you know that Proverbs is Old Testament, I am so proud of you today. That's awesome that you know that, and I'm proud of you. If you didn't know that, now you know it's the Old Testament. But I want you to look at one passage with me, and we're closing here in just a minute. Why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6.
And we could look back at verse 18 and forward, but we're going to go down to verse number 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add a one cubit unto a stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Why do you worry about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Therefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Wherefore, take no thought, hey, trust in the Lord. Don't lean in your own understanding. What shall we eat, or where shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these shall be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And yes, the verses are a little different there, but it's the same principle. Trust God. Acknowledge him. Don't get thinking too much about yourself. And honor God with what you have. And then we see, number five, and lastly, the benefits of wise decision-making. And as I said, I'm not claiming this as a complete promise here, but verse number 10 says, So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. God will take care of you. And I just encourage you as we enter a new year, let's make some wise decisions this year. You will never go wrong trusting God. You will go wrong trusting man. That's why the Bible says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Hey, you won't go wrong trusting God. You will never go wrong asking him and acknowledging him in all that you do. You will not go wrong not thinking much of yourself. Just don't think about yourself at all. Just throw yourself out of the equation. And then you won't go wrong by honoring God with what you have. Great way to start out the year 2023. Father,